TII item 206, January 6, 2012. The iPhone 4S is going to 22 more countries. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Sean for sending in the music you hear in the background. Sean wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this with GarageBand for the iPad. Lots of fun. I'm an amateur musician, defined as talented enough to have fun, but not enough to make a living. After listening to Steve's biography and how he had hoped Apple's tech could help anyone to create things, I felt a little inspired. Hope you had a great New Year's. Sean, the truck driver, Texarkana, Texas. Thanks again, Sean. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode today. I also want to thank Blue for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Blue wrote, Hi Rob, I used brushes and type drawing to create this artwork. Regards, Blue. Well, Blue, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Blue's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 206. Or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section. And I will try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, We believe that Apple may shoot itself in the foot with the iPad 2. And if HP, Motorola, Research in Motion, and Samsung are finally willing to learn, then there is every opportunity to outshine the iPad 2 this year. The iPad 2 is vulnerable. The key weaknesses of the original iPad have not been fixed. Apple's magical tablet may be more vulnerable this year than we believe. Wolfgang Gruner, Conceivably Tech, 12th of March, 2011. Inconceivable! Well, Wolfgang, how did that prediction work out for you? Oh yeah, not so good. Combined, HP, Motorola, RIM, and Samsung sold to customers less tablets in all of 2011 than Apple did in about one or two months of 2011. Just saying. As I told you, it would be absolutely, totally, and in all other ways, inconceivable. For promo codes, on episode 205, we offered up chances to win the promo codes for the app Miss Olive's Backyard Games. I will give those out shortly, so if you want more info on Miss Olive's Backyard Games, listen to the beginning of episode 205 for additional details. Otherwise, nothing new this week. As always, if you are an app developer and you would like to get your app up here or featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need five promo codes or more to give away simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Hey, Rob, this is Chad calling from Georgia, and I just wanted to say thanks for the heads up on the iCade. Heard your uh, your podcast and you mentioned it, and I just happened to be out and about a couple minutes away from a Bed Bath Beyond, swung in, and two left, a uh, guy in front of me was getting one, I got one out the door, and uh, it's, just, it's really cool. Can't wait to get home, set it all up, and uh, get to play. Enjoy the show. Have a lot of fun. Uh, let's do it. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the info on the iCade. I got the last one, floor model, at Art Bed Bath & Beyond in Pasadena, California. Thanks, Mike. Some of you had the iCade. Some of you just got it, like those last two listeners. And both groups have sent in emails asking about which games work with the iCade beyond the Atari Greatest Hits app. I have mentioned a search in iTunes before that brings up limited results at best. Space Inversion, a Space Invaders quote-inspired unquote game, is one that I like. There is also a list of iCade-compatible apps on the Ion Audio website, Makers of the iCade. 
Look for the link in the show notes for episode 206 titled iCade Compatible Games. One I noticed that looks new on the list is Pac-Man app, and this is the official Pac-Man app. So that now has iCade compatibility. I need to get that one and test it out. Of course, if you have any iCade compatible apps that you've come across that you like, please call in with a review. Sometimes I report on cool mods other people do. This time, I got to show you a cool mod I did. For those of you with push, you know what I'm talking about. I used to work in a Atari repair center when I was in high school. Yes, summer of 1983. I'm 16 years old, and one of my jobs was in an Atari and computer repair shop. I was in geek nirvana. I can't even remember what I paid to work there. Okay, well, I would have paid if they had asked. Anyway, one little secret about the Atari 800 and Atari 400 is they basically have the same exact chips inside. And the key ones are socketed. So when I was given a chance back in 1984, the second time I worked there, to buy an Atari 400 for just five, uh, just $50, I jumped on it uh, just for the spare parts. So that way I always knew I'd have parts for my Atari 800. Well, fast forward to now, and I still have both the 400 and the 800. And I thought the way the door flips up on the 400, it would make a great iPad dock. I would be able to hold and support the iPad. And with the use of a hacksaw, yes, I cringed a little the first time I made that very first cut, and a Dremel tool, I was able to mod my Atari 400 to be an iPad dock. It has a place for the Apple Bluetooth keyboard, and it is totally functional. Not just cool looking, but functional. And you should check out the pics over at todayinios.com for the post between episodes 205 and 206. Note, we really are using this all the time. My sons use it to hold the iPad in place and watch Netflix and YouTube while sitting in the bed. And I use it if I need to do any amount of typing on the iPad, as the Bluetooth keyboard was exactly the same size as the opening for the keyboard on the Atari 400. I'm kind of proud of this mod. FYI, if anyone wants the exact spacing and info on building one, let me know. You can usually get an Atari 400 on eBay for between $25 and $50. You can always find them at garage sales for even less than that. And that $25 to $50 is what it'll cost you with delivery fee. Don't pay anything more than that. I mean, total price should never be more than $50 on eBay for one of them. And again, typically you can get it down to $25, $30 range. And I guess if anyone wanted me to make one for them, just let me know. Send me an email to todayinios at gmail.com. So it looks like there will be an Apple announcement of some sort in late January. Kara Swisha of All Things D, also known as the PR Elite Channel for Apple. Well, Kara blogged that in late January in New York, there will be a media event from the good folks at Apple. And by late January, I would guess it would be Tuesday the 31st. Kara reported that Eddie Q, Apple's SVP of Internet Software and Services, would be involved. She speculated it would be either an advertising or a publishing announcement, but not a new hardware event. And of course, when I refer to all things D as the PR leak channel, I, I hope you do realize that's just 100% petty jealousy on my part. And speaking of all things D, the next day John Pazakowski, also with all things D, reported or relayed from Apple PR that the announcement would involve iPad versions of textbooks. And given that the major book publishers are located in New York, that kind of makes most sense. So you have the crew at All Things D making it sound like said event will be some sort of textbook slash publishing announcement, which for the iPad we have been waiting for for some time. And by we, I mean people that have nothing better to do than hang on every word from Apple. The folks over at MSN, who are not overly connected or connected at all with Apple PR, well, the MSN folks are speculating the event is one of five things. One, the aforementioned textbooks for iPads. Two, a self-publishing platform. Three, a new advertising initiative or higher. Four, a makeover for iBookstore. Five, not the iPad 3 or Apple TV. Um, way to go out on the limb there on the last one, guys. My guess is that it's one, the digital textbook, or possibly, possibly the advertising related. 
Um, and I only think the latter is a possibility, again, a less, smaller possibility than the textbooks because of the location being New York and that Apple just hired a new head of, uh, for their iAds team. Either way, it does not look like it will be anything overly special for the masses and nothing warranting a special episode, maybe a special blog post. More on this, I am sure, as the month progresses. Interesting how this news leak happened just prior to CES. Always good to get some Apple speculation and rumors going prior to CES. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, do you use any apps that can fax documents from the iPhone? I'm in need. Thanks, Elsie from Elsie's Yoga Kula podcast. Hi Elsie, there are two free fax apps I have heard mentioned before. Fax app and Fax Burner, both are free. However, I have not used either. So if anyone out there has a favorite Fax app for their iPhone, paid or free, let us know what Fax app for the iPhone you have used and why you like it. As always, give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Or send us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. It's Tash from Australia. I'm ringing to review the new Audio Access iPad stand that I got for Christmas. Um, I'm sure it's not as sexy as your Atari iPad stand, but it's still pretty cool. The bass is an integrated speaker, or has an integrated speaker. It sounds fantastic. It is apparently made for the iPod, iPhone and iPad. I have an iPad 1 and it's fine for the iPad 1. It rotates. Um, after reading Steve Jobs' biography, I reckon the only thing Steve Jobs would complain about with this is, the, is that it's not a rechargeable battery, so that if you want to use the speaker, it has to be plugged in. So that would certainly not work for him. <laughs> um, otherwise, it's fantastic. I use it a lot more now because it's always there in the stand. It's easy to use. I can click it on to look at the news. Yeah, I use it as a digital album sometimes as well. So highly recommended if anyone wants something funky to give to their partner or to someone for a birthday or what's that, what have you. Anyway, Happy New Year to everybody and take care. Thanks. Bye. Tash, thanks for the review of the Audio Access iPad stand. Next in the email bag. Hi Rob, I have over 200 apps on my iPhone and have organized them into folders. Imagine how wonderful it would be if Apple could provide a way that the folders would be automatically arranged in alphabetical order. Example, a folder with astronomy apps would be displayed at the beginning of the folders while a folder of weather apps would be at the last page of folders. It would make finding your apps ever so much more easy. Regards, Jeffrey Scott. Jeffrey, thanks for the feedback. I don't know of any way to do that right now with a non-jailbroken phone. Maybe there's a way with a jailbroken one. Hopefully, Apple will add something to make it management a little bit easier of the apps. That's one thing they really do need to add more of, especially for folks like us that have 200, 300, 400, 500 apps. Having some way to better manage the apps uh, is definitely needed in an update of iOS in the future. Recently, Apple's been getting more and more grief from many in the blogosphere for the long, drawn-out legal battles, especially with Samsung. At the heart of Apple's battles with Samsung is the premise that Samsung, quote, slavishly copied, unquote, Apple's devices. Apple has won and lost battles legally around this, but oftentimes it seems politically Apple is losing this fight. And some of the tech world, it seems, try to make Apple look petty in their lawsuits. But then every so often comes word that brings Apple's issues into better focus, like when Samsung's lawyers from 10 feet away could not tell you which tablet was Apple's and which was Samsung's. Or the time when Samsung, in one of their stores, had app icons up on their walls for iOS apps, including Apple's own Safari app. And as if that was not enough, comes the latest dough moment from the folks at Samsung. Now they have hired the same little girl actress for one of their commercials that Apple used for the launch of the iPhone 4S commercial. Because, you know, there is such a lack of eight-year-old girls in the world to choose from. Come on, man. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. You're making money. Come on. What the frack, Samsung? What were you thinking on this one? Other than, hey... Let's make Rob and all the other rabid Apple fanboys' life a little bit easier and give them more fuel for the fire. Anyway, 
Add this item to your quiver of arrows to shoot at any Android fanboy or fangirl when they complain to you about Apple's legal attack on Samsung. Which at first, I was not a fan of at all. But seeing how Samsung is acting, well, now I kind of totally understand why Apple is doing what Apple is doing. This next one is so not safe for work. Well, the link at least. As the show is of course always safe for work and encouraged at work. Or it should be at least. But this not for safe work link is to a song, the song, WTF, I Wanted an iPhone Song, which has lots and lots of F-bombs being dropped. So many, it's not even worth me trying to bleep them out for the show. Plus, it loses something without the video, as he sings about kids complaining because they did not get an iPhone or iPad for Christmas, and the video shows their tweets with said complaints scrolling along. I would say it's pretty funny if it was not so true, which really makes it so sad. Well, time to check on my kids' three iPhones to see if they're charged up. Anyway, if you want to see the video for this, look for the link, WTF, I Wanted an iPhone Song, uh, and that's in the show notes for episode 206 over today in iOS.com. Something we don't get often enough, some official news out of Apple this week with regards to the iPhone 4S, and that is on January 13th, Friday the 13th, Apple will be launching the iPhone 4S on mainland China and 21 other countries. Normally, I would not read off countries, but what the heck. Many I can't pronounce, which should make this fun, so let's see if I can do this in one take. The 22 new countries getting the iPhone 4S on Friday the 13th of January are Anguilla, Antigua, and Barbada, Bolivia, Botswana, British Virgin Islands, Cameroon, Cayman Islands, Central African Republic, China, Dominica, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, Grenada, Guam, Guinea, Conquerae, Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Kenya, Madagascar, Mali, Mauritius, Niger, Senegal, St. Vincent and the Grenadas, Trinidad and Tobago, Turks and Caicos, and Uganda. So there you go. If your country was in that group, congrats. And if I totally blew the pronunciation of your country, please accept my sincere apology. Apple this week also announced when their next quarterly conference call will be, which is Tuesday, January 24th at 4 p.m. Central U.S. time, which, as always, you can listen to live if you would like. I will, of course, put together a summary of the announcements As with past events, Apple will likely break out iPhone and iPad sales for the past quarter, and it will be interesting to see how the iPad did. Some analysts started out saying it would be in the 15 to 20 million range. Now they are falling into the 12.5 to 16 million range, depending on the analyst, with most in the 13.5 to 14.5 million range. We will, of course, be able to stop with the guessing come the 24th of January, which is nice. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. I mentioned on the last show about getting your domains transferred from another domain registrar that, for example, say you don't like because of how they treat you or how they try to trick you into upsells or how they would hound you four or five months before a domain expires or how they used to support SOPA. Any one of those reasons may be good reason for you to transfer your domains to Hover. Just saying. I just transferred my old domains, and I used Hover's really easy, I mean really, really, really easy valet service to transfer the domains. Did I mention it was easy? I just called the one number, which you can find at tii.hover.com, and gave them my username and password to my account at the other guy's which actually took me some time to figure out what that was because I I haven't logged in there in a while. But once I had that info, I then called Hover, and six minutes later, they had all my info, and it asked me some questions and and confirmed my current Hover account and were taking care of the transfer for me. Two hours, three minutes later, I got an email saying it was all done. So now all my TII domains and other associated domains are in my Hover account, And the old redirects I had it set up, they were still in place. Brilliant! Note, when calling the 1-866 number, make sure to give them the coupon code TII, that's TII, to get 10% discount on your transfers. There is no added fees 
from them to do the transfers. It is just a one-year fee for each domain name, and that extends the registration period by an additional year from where they were the domains were originally set to expire. I can say for me, the whole process was as simple and easy as it could possibly be. Just six minutes of my time on the phone, that was it. Again, to save 10% on your registrations and transfers, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you liked registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting the show. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob. Love the podcast. I found a tiny little trick in iOS 5. When your apps are wiggling from maybe just deleting an app or whatever, you can simply swipe down the notification center, then swipe it back up real quick to stop the wiggling. Now you don't need to always hit the home button. It's a tad bit faster this way. Thanks again, Rob. Take care. Joseph Rodella from Los Angeles, California. Thanks for the tip, Joseph. And I can see that being very useful for those that are having issues with their home buttons or have it in a case where the home button is blocked. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just reporting another app that is misbehaving after jailbreaking. The app Dictionary does not load correctly on my jailbroken phone. Keyboard never comes up. Regards, Sergio. Thanks for the heads up, Sergio. This comes back to the fact with any jailbreak, more things will go wrong with your iOS device than if you did not jailbreak it. And the more jailbroken apps you install, the greater the likelihood of issues popping up. So by all means, uninstall all jailbreak apps you do not use on a regular basis. Hi Rob, this is Steven in Houston. I'm so glad we can now jailbreak iOS 5. So this week I have a jailbreak tip. Are you sick and tired of being sent to mobilized web pages when you go into Safari on your iPhone and you want to view the full site? Especially those awful, awful Google mobilized pages. Not very useful at all. Well, what you can do is go into Cydia and you can install User Agent Faker. In fact, it's easy to get to. You just go to the main Cydia page, tap Featured, then Mobile Safari add-ons, and at the very bottom is the the app user agent faker. And basically what it does, it changes the browser agent name, how, how it identifies itself to websites. I currently got mine set to Safari 5. And also, what you do um, to set it, you go into uh, Settings app, use agent faker, and there are the options for the user agent. And also, one that's really nice is that in a lot of those mobilized apps, you can't even pinch and zoom. So now you can go to the full site and do whatever you want with the user agent faker. Thanks for, the, thanks for your show, and Happy New Year. Steven, thanks for the review of user agent faker. And folks, you can find that one in the Cydia store. If you have a favorite jailbreak app or non-jailbreak app, give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG or send us an email at todayinios at gmail.com. An issue some users of the iPhone 4S are having, and again, this is a small percentage of users, is that when they go to make a call one in 10 times, one in five times, one in two times, depending on who they are, they get no audio when making that call. This small percentage issue has resulted in 115 pages of comments for the thread titled iPhone 4S outgoing call no audio over at the Apple support community. Link in the show notes. This has even gotten famous sex blogger and podcaster Violet Blue to write about it for a San Francisco gate and CNET. She gets right to the meat of the issue and finds it hard to understand why Apple did not come around to rubbing out this issue earlier. I don't think it means what you think it means. Anyway, Violet Blue talks about if you use Siri, you hit the home button, and then go to make a call, this is likely when you will see an issue. I've heard of this issue from a couple of listeners, not widespread, but with 115 pages of comments, clearly it is not an isolated issue. If you are having this problem, let me know. Personally, I have not had this issue with my iPhone 4S. Also, if you have the issue, let me know who your carrier is, 206 Moondog, or email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Speaking of Siri... Seems a clever but misguided prank with a display unit in a UK store caused a whole bunch of fervor this past week. Seems some prankster set the contact and owner name for a display unit of the iPhone 4S, 
to the name, quote, shut the F up, you ugly toad, unquote. At least I think that was toad. It was blanked out. So when a customer came by and asked Siri a question, Siri responded with what Siri thought was the user's name, which was the profanity-laden insult previously mentioned. Problem here is that the user in question was a young boy, and his mother was standing by. His 39-year-old mother was not laughing. Of course, the person that set up the phone that had this phrase probably was laughing when they got wind of the prank and all the PR from the prank. The most ridiculous part of this whole story is the comments from the store where the iPhone was. Well, actually, the comments from the store management, actually the store itself. And that was that the iPhone was going back to Apple for diagnostic tests. Why? Sounds like it was working as programmed. Granted, the outcome of a young boy hearing the phrase is not to be condoned by any way, shape, or form. It just seems people and other blogs made a mountain out of a molehill with this story. And unfortunately, this means there's going to be copycats of this. This next story is about a bug in iOS 5 that was picked up and re-reported many places with nefarious-sounding titles like, quote, Timestamp bug exposes photos on locked iPhone, unquote, which is the title from Linkbait aficionado CNET. Sounds dire, doesn't it? Sounds like some random timestamp issue is going to expose those naked pictures of your significant other or yourself, um, actually, no. Here's the issue. If the date and time on your iPhone is rolled back to a date and time earlier than the timestamp on the photos, then the locked phone would give up those locked photos. One small issue, and by small I mean big. How the heck does one roll back or change the time on a locked iPhone? When an iPhone is locked, you can get access to the camera to take pics. You do not in any way, shape, or form in that scenario get access to change the clock. So I'm not sure what the issue is here. So unless you're doing some significant time traveling and took some pics of your significant other in the nude and then traveled back a couple weeks in time where the time is updated to the cell tower and then you lose said phone, which of course is in violation of the third rule of time travel, never leave behind tech from the future, I, I just don't see how this is going to affect everyday users. It just seems like it's a bug that is, yeah, it's there, but it's not a realistic bug, not one that's going to affect everybody or almost anybody. Back into the email bag we go. Dearest Robert, have I told you that I love you? Bed Bath & Beyond in Maple Grove is less two iCade units as of this moment. I got each one for under $40 with the use of Bed Bath & Beyond's 20% off one single item coupon who said exchanging gifts after Christmas was so bad. Thanks again, David M. Well, David, your love is greatly appreciated. Glad to hear you got two iCades. Seems quite a few of you picked them up. Devs, are you hearing that? Make your games iCade compatible. I will then love you long time. And mention you often on the show as well. So folks, if you're a dev and you make your your game iCade compatible, please let me know and I will let the listeners know. Hi Rob, I have an app review for you. I recently purchased an iPhone 4S and am loving it. The only problem I was having is that the HD video was taking up my memory way too fast. I did purchase a 16 gig iPhone 4S thinking I will never need more memory since I never did with a, my 3GS. I didn't realize that the HD video took up almost three times as much memory. I found a camera app called Video Camera Plus that fixes this problem for me. While using this app, you can adjust how high the resolution of the video recordings are. 480, 720, 1080p. Just wanted to let you and the listeners know about this in case anyone else was having the same issue as I was having. Thanks, Rob. Regards, Greg Breen. Hi, Greg. Thanks for the review. The HD video and better camera are why I went to the 64 gig model myself. I wanted to make sure I always had room for shooting videos of my kids and or taking pics of my Atari 400 iPad stand mod. Thanks uh, for the heads up on Camera Plus or Video Camera Plus. I am sure more than a few people are in the same boat as you and this will help them out. One analyst out there made some news this past week by saying the Kindle Fire sales have hurt iPad sales find this not only not shocking, but something I said would happen when the fire was first announced. 
that some people would be buying the fire based 100% on price, and a certain percent of them would have purchased an iPad if not for the Kindle fire. I also said, don't be one of those people that does this. The analyst making noise is Morgan Keegan with Travis McCourt. He is stating that the fire may have taken away as much as $2 million in iPad sales for the quarter, and the iPad will have sold as few as $13 million last quarter. Granted, we will find out for sure in a few weeks, but personally I feel the iPad sales numbers will be north of 15 million units and closer to the 17 million range. One thing on the Kindle Fire I did expect that has not happened is that for those not happy with it to go up in percentage in numbers. What I mean is I was expecting to see the negative reviews of the Kindle Fire to increase percentage-wise as the Kindle Fire rolled out after Christmas. When it was first released and until December 3rd, there was a 33.9% negative review rate on Amazon. That means one out of every three people that got an Amazon Fire, Kindle Fire, did not like it. From December 4th through December 16th, the negative review rate for those reviews in that period of time dropped to 27.8%. From December 17th to December 23rd, the negatives went up to 30.9% for the new reviews which is about when Amazon updated the software. So from December 24th through December 30th, there was a 25.9% negative review rate. And from December 26th until right when I recorded this show on January 5th, there was a 21.9% negative rate. So the negatives have dropped quite a bit from the 33.9 peak. So it looks like the new software update helped Plus, also maybe people that get the gifts are a little bit more positive than, say, the early adopters that were expecting a little bit more. Either way, it does mean the fire is not nearly as bad as many, including myself, thought it would be. Now, I do warn any iOS users, when looking through the negative reviews, I saw many that had an iPad or an iOS user, and they just could not stand the lag time and the touch response, even with the new software. I bring this all up because I think on the tablet side, the fire is here to stay. And I am sure someone at Apple is doing the same analysis I just did. And that likely does mean when the iPad 3 comes out, which I think will be in the June timeframe, not this month, definitely not this month, and not next month or in March. But at that time, when in June, when the iPad 3 comes out, I believe that they'll have the iPad 2 with a price reduction. So they're going to keep the iPad 2 going, and then you'll have a price reduction on that, and then you'll have the new iPad 3. Of course, I said this in the past, but now there is some data to show that Apple has a real competitor on the tablet side, and Apple fanboys should not be so fast to dismiss the, quote, crappy little Kindle fire, unquote. Speaking of analysts and their predictions, Walter Pike from BTIG is now predicting there will have been 35 million iPhones sold last quarter, which is a bunch higher than his last guess, I mean prediction, of 30 million for the quarter, which he predicted in late summer of 2011. I tell you, January 24th can't get here soon enough. I expect more and more of these predictions to come out of the woodwork between now and the 24th. Oh, and if it seems like the only way these guys can get press is for them to be either higher than everyone else or lower than everyone else previously, I can assure you that thought has never crossed the minds of any of these analysts. They is professionals. There was a report that Bill Gates' oldest daughter was using an iPhone and some pics showing her with it. However, the photos clearly show that it is not an iPhone. At least if you actually, you know, well, really look at the photos. Darn. Would have been a fun story otherwise, but sorry, nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Move along. Thanks to Levi for the heads up on this next one, which is yet another iPhone case. This time, it is one that makes your iPhone look like a retro 50s, 60s camera. It is called Gizmon ICA, and well, it looks pretty cool. And they even had added in a place for the real camera on the iPhone for you to add in an additional mount for additional lenses. 
So if you are a real photog or just uber geeky, then this might be the case for you or for your significant other. They also have a bunch of accessories for the case in addition to the extra lenses. The camera case itself is $65. The macro lens is $45. There's a shoulder strap for $30. They also have an old-time looking flash. And they have a remote shutter and more. Link in the show notes for episode 206. If anyone gets this, please call in with a review. Hi, Rob. Tony from Tacoma, Washington. I was listening to episode 205 when I heard a man report that he had repaired his home button by connecting the 32-pin connector, placing his thumb above the home button, and putting pressure on the uh, 32-pin connector like he was rotating it around the phone. Uh, when I heard him say that, I didn't think that would uh, make much uh, difference on my phone, but I went ahead and tried it because I've been having problems with my phone for 14 months since it was brand new. Uh, I've taken my phone back to Apple on three occasions, and they said the phone's working fine. They make no guarantee uh, as to the responsiveness of the home button. Uh, but I tried this man's technique. I did exactly what he said. I put the 32-pin connector in, put my thumb above the home button. I rotated um, the 32-pin connector um, uh, to the right in my case. I did hear a small click. After that click, my home button was working uh, the way I think it's supposed to be working. My, you know, it's it's responsive again. So thanks to that caller who gave us that tip because Rob, uh, it's uh, saved me future frustration. Like I say, I've been struggling with this for the last fourteen months. I really appreciate his tip. Thanks for the show, Rob. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Here is the review I would have posted to iTunes for Port Defender, but it wouldn't let me. It doesn't think I own the app. I'll have to investigate. Review. Pretty good little tower defense game. A lot of variety and options. Main menu is a little overwhelming. It could benefit from a tutorial. Thanks for the promo code, Lou V. Well, thanks, Lou, for the review. What Apple did a little ways back was to remove the ability for those that get promo codes to leave a review. This might, in part, or actually be 100%, because of all the people that were taking money and then getting promo codes to review apps. And I use the word people in a very loose sense in that last sense. Anyway, now the only way to leave a review for a paid app is to actually pay for said app. I can't say I disagree with Apple on this. I actually think it is a good reaction to combat those that abused the system in the past. Wish people hadn't abused the system. I wish it wasn't necessary, but Apple had to do something. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. In response to the listener looking for badges for reminders... One third-party app with this feature is Alarmed. It's a free app that includes reminders, timers, and alarm clock. There is also a package of extra features available for $1.99. Regards, Kate. Hey, Rob. This is Tim in Kansas City. On episode 205, you gave a caller a fix for the fact that Surrey calls his wife by his name. And uh, the fix was elegant, but unnecessary because all you have to do is tell Surrey what you want her to call you. For instance, hold the button when you hear the Surrey beep. You say, Surrey, from now on, call me Bill. And uh, she'll do it. Thanks. Love the show. Take care. Back into the email bag. Hello, Rob. While I've been using Apple products for a couple of years now, I'm not sure I understand what tethering, unlocking, and jailbreaking is. Would you please explain this on your show when you get a chance and why people do these things? Regards, Laurie B. in Frisco, Texas. Hi, Laurie. Here is a quick primer on those terms. Tethering is a phrase we use in two scenarios. One is when talking about accessing your iPhone's internet connection on your laptop. So if you are traveling and want to get internet access on your laptop, you can tether a Wi-Fi or USB connection from your iPhone to your laptop and the laptop uses your iPhone for connecting to the internet. Recently, you've heard me talking about tethered versus untethered jailbreaks. What this means is if you jailbreak, and it is a tethered jailbreak, if your iOS device reboots, restarts up, you need to connect it back to your computer to get it up and running fully. Clearly, a tethered jailbreak would be a major issue if you travel and you're traveling without your computer and your iPhone was to reboot for some reason, which happens quite often when you have a jailbreaked iPhone. The phone is basically useless uh, at that point until you get it back to your computer. Untethered jailbreak 
means, well, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, you can reboot it without having it to connect it to your computer, which is why I only recommend an untethered jailbreak and did not do my tutorial until one was available. Next phrase you want to know about is jailbreaking. Jailbreaking is a means for you to free up your iOS device so that you can load up apps that are not authorized and in the iTunes App Store. This is important if you want apps that will do things Apple will not allow said apps to do. Adding a fifth icon in the dock on your iPhone, for example, or per the review earlier that lets you trick web servers into thinking you are not on a mobile device. There are many, many other good reasons to uh, jailbreak and, and great jailbreak apps that make jailbreaking definitely worthwhile if you're someone that wants to get the most out of your iOS device. The other phrase you asked about is unlocking. Unlocking is when you free your iPhone from your current carrier, and this allows you to connect to another carrier. In the US, this is most common with people unlocking their GSM iPhone purchased for use on AT&T and then being able to use that phone on T-Mobile. It's also nice to unlock if you travel internationally. Most roaming fees for data are downright criminal. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. Being able to unlock your phone when you're in your home country and then go to another country and then buy a local data plan on a SIM card that you just put into your iPhone uh, when you get to the new country is usually going to be a couple or a few orders of magnitude cheaper than what your carrier in your home country is going to charge you for that roaming data. Lori, I hope I helped you there with those answers. Alrighty now. In the past, on this episode, we talked about an iPhone case, so now it's only fair we talk about an iPad case. The case in question is the G-Form case, and the makers of it put an iPad in it attached it to a weather balloon and sent it up over 100,000 feet to the edge of space. And then Pop said balloon. Which really must have been a heck of a shot from one heck of a pea shooter. The iPad in said case then plunged from the edge of space to the Earth, where after impacting the Earth, said iPad case was turned, or it said iPad was turned over and revealed that the iPad had no damage. If this story sounds similar to a story I did in the past, you are correct. Someone did something similar with an iPhone sometime in the past. And in both cases, they have video that makes you kind of nauseous if you watch it too closely. So anyway, if you're motion sick, maybe avoid those videos. If you are someone that needs to drop your iPad from 100,000 feet up, remember G-Form has a case for you. Come on, man. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. You're making money. Come on. That goes out to Josh Lowenshin at CNET for re-reporting a second Digitimes fantasy story about the iPad. Really, Josh? Really? Obviously, the editor's position at CNET was somehow eliminated in this tight economy because they don't seem to be having any editorial oversight lately. Come on, man. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. You're making money. Come on. And speaking of iPad rumors, the editor of iLounge, when not focusing on restaurant and food coverage, took some time out to give us some rumors on the iPad 3. At Horowitz, H-O-R-W-I-T-Z, is his Twitter account, and he, of course, got these rumors from unnamed sources. He tweeted about a much-improved back camera for the iPad 3, with it being either the 8-megapixel camera unit or from the 4S or the 5-megapixel unit from the iPhone 4, with a front camera going to HD. iPad 3 would get a little thicker, probably for the camera, and there will be the iPad 2 lowered to a $399 price point. iPad 3 will be high-res retina display. And if all of this sounds like crap that... Others have attributed to other unnamed sources or from others just speculating, well, then you would be correct. Well, except for the part about the 8 megapixel camera. No one has said that before, and probably for good reason, because, you know, it makes no sense. Thanks to Ramon for the heads up on this Kickstarter project. The Kickstarter project had a goal of raising $10,000, and with 24 days left to go, they have 1,812 backers who have committed to over $64,000. 
So they blew past their goal and are likely to blow past the 100K mark before the 24 days are up. The product that is kicking butt on Kickstarter is, of course, iOS-related, hence the reason we're mentioning it here on the show. And it is called Tidy Tilt. It looks like a mini smart cover for the back of your iPhone 4 or 4S. It folds up to work as a stand, hence the tilt part in the name, and also as a way to wrap up your earbuds to keep them from getting tangled in your pocket, hence the tidy part. The pricing is just $19, and it looks pretty cool. Again, if you want this at the Kickstarter price, it is just $19 for the next 24 days for one or $36 for two. And then they have some additional price points as you go up and the pricing comes down per unit. Link in the show notes titled Tidy Tilt for iPhone at Kickstarter. If nothing else, the video was one of the best produced ones I've seen to date. Hopefully that quality carries over to the finished product. And of course, if you get this, please let me know how it works out for you. Into the email bag we go. All right, love the show. I've recently started using the TI app to listen to the podcast. I used to use iTunes because I did not want to stream the podcast because I am on a small data plan. But a few episodes ago, someone mentioned that you could star episodes and they would download over Wi-Fi for listening later. I like this feature because it makes the app much more useful to me. But I have one problem with it. When my downloaded episode is finished, the app automatically moves on to the next episode, whether it is downloaded or not. This has bit me twice and resulted in a spike in my data usage. I understand why this feature is present, but I think there should be a different logic for those playing downloaded episodes compared to those streaming. Those playing downloaded should uh, have it continue to the next episode, downloaded un- episode, unless there is none, in which case it would stop. Thanks for the consideration, and thank you for all you do, Colin. P.S. I got a domain name for my family through Hover for Christmas. Instead of getting one for each person, I used a different reroute for each person. Hi, Colin or Colin. Uh, Thanks for listening to and supporting the show, per the app not playing other episodes. When you open the TI app, tap on the More in the lower right, then on Settings, then change Continuous Playback to either Off or all start episodes. That should allow you to work as you want it to work. Regards, Rob. Dear Rob, for the guy buying a new PC, one, after he logs in with his Apple ID, the iPhone will sync. Two, go to iTunes Store, right-click on iTunes Store, and look for Purchased, and this will download all he bought. Three, ringtones, videos, and music not bought on iTunes Store on an external device, i.e. USB flash drive or external hard drive. Four, syncing is possible via USB computer to computer kit, but software may not sync properly unless done via network cross cable, not for the newbie and ask computer shop to do it. Five, for files that, and not the actual software to run the files and or folders, C4. Regards, Kevin Knight in Montreal. And if you didn't get that, hit that 30-second back button a couple times. A quick update for those waiting for an untethered jailbreak for the iPhone 4S and iPad 2, both of which use the A5 chip. There were a bunch of posts going around about the untethered jailbreak for said device being in the next week or so. Well, Pod2G has a post that kind of kills that talk. Essentially, while he does have an untethered jailbreak for his 4S, To get there, he needed a dev account, and it is a jailbreak method that cannot be released publicly. So for any of you out there that have been reading posts about it coming in the next week and are getting excited, time to be let down. Sorry. Switching gears, FYI, if you are running iOS 4.2.1, you may have found come New Year's Day you had that old alarm bug pop back up. There are reports of some users with 4.2.1 devices having this issue again. iOS 4.2.1, of course, is the end of the line update for the iPhone 3G and second gen iPod Touch. So for those of you on those devices, best to check your alarms. Hopefully you did not miss too much work this week because of it. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I am upgraded to beta three of the jailbreak for 5.0.1 and discovered that if you turn off iMessage, the phone will brick and require a hard reset. If iMessage is on and you browse to the iMessage address, 
the iPhone bricks as well. Perhaps this is isolated to my phone, but I suspect others are having this issue as well. So far, this is the most unstable jailbreak I have ever tried. Regards, Sergio. So Gio, thanks for the feedback. And I want to remind everyone, if you have any feedback, comments, tips, tricks, app reviews, whatever, like to share it with us, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can record the comments on your iOS device and email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com. I want to go ahead and thank today's sponsor once again. That's Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations or transfers. And you can use their VLA service, their 1866 number. When you go to that URL, you'll see the number. And just make sure when you talk to them to mention the discount code TII to get the same 10% discount on those domain name registration transfers. As mentioned a few times in the show, there's the TII app, which is the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Just search for TII. It's $2.99 in the App Store. You get push notifications so you know when there's new episodes or breaking news about iOS happenings. And it is an easy way to consume content and get bonus content such as the artwork for today's show, which you can find in the extras for episode 206. That's going to go ahead and do it for us today. As always, I'm your host, Rob, for Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.